Pluto TV is getting a Godzilla channel. All Godzilla all the time. And we have our obligatory review of episode 2 of Secret Invasion. This is Geekville Radio. Geekville Radio. Hello there, everybody, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, geeks and geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio. I think we're going to be a little short this time around. I mean, not like Wolverine short. I just mean like short in, in length. But there's some fun news for kaiju fans such as myself. And uh, like I said, we I've been trying to stay on top of Secret Invasion. So those are the two main subjects here. On the chopping block, this is Geekville Radio number 337 in your hymnals, and you can find the show notes at geekvilleradio.com slash 337. So we'll kick it off with some kaiju news. Now, if you're like me, and I know I am, you do love you some Godzilla. And I have literally seen just about every Godzilla movie I think that has ever been made. And in most cases, I've seen both the Japanese versions as well as the American dubs or American re-releases. Now, one thing I actually did not notice until now, in late June of 2023 is that there is no Godzilla channel, or at least there hasn't been something where it was just all Godzilla all the time. Maybe there was a Roku something that I that I missed, but that is no more. Godzilla fans, you can rejoice. Pluto TV is putting up a Godzilla channel starting on July 1st in the year of our Lord, 2023. So if you've ever wanted 24-hour access to King of the Monsters, well, thanks to Pluto TV, now you can. And they've added a Godzilla channel... I mean, they already got franchise-dedicated channels, and there's a Mystery Science Theater, there's Rift Tracks, there's a Doctor Who channel, I think there's a Star Trek channel. I don't think they have anything Star Wars, but that's probably due to Disney. But this Godzilla channel, not only will they showcase classic Godzilla films from the 60s and 70s, it's also going to have other Toho-produced kaiju properties such as Mothra and Rodan. But wait, there's more. There are two rare Godzilla movies that will be made exclusive to Pluto. And these are movies that, to my knowledge, haven't had an American release in a very long time, if at all. And those two are The Return of Godzilla and Godzilla vs. Biollante. Both of those films were in the 1980s. Now, The Return of Godzilla, or it would be The Return of Gojira, in Japan, that was released in 1984, and... It served as Godzilla's comeback to the big screen because our Dent Godzilla fans will know that Toho stopped making Godzilla films in the mid-1970s. And we go over this in much more detail in the Nostalgia Trip episode about Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, the history of Godzilla in film. 
That episode is actually several years old, but I will link it to the show notes here. Again, geekvilleradio.com slash 337, so you'll be able to listen to that episode. Like I said, we did it a few years ago, but all of the history still adds up. So you're talking like 50 years of Godzilla history in about probably about 45 minutes. But the short story reason is Godzilla films got so campy in the 60s and the early 70s that they just started to fade. The popularity just was fading fast. And they did have two movies that they were trying to kind of turn the ship around and make Godzilla fierce again. And that was, there was Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and then I think it was Terror of Mechagodzilla. It was the original two Mechagodzilla films. But I think it was just too little too late. They stopped making Godzilla films for about 10 years, and then in 1984, for the 30th anniversary, they brought Godzilla back. And nowadays, they would simply call this a reboot, because what it did was it was a sequel to the original 1954 Gojira, but it ignored everything in between. So... It's kind of like what many of the Halloween movies have done in recent years, where they just ignored everything in between the original movie and the one they're making now, or whatever one was being made at the, at the time. Now, like the original Gojira from 1954, The Return of Godzilla was released in the States with added footage. And released stateside here, it was called Godzilla 1985. And I think for many of us, that was probably the first theatrical Godzilla film any of us would have seen in theaters, people my age and such. I didn't see it in the theater, though. I did see it on TV. And that was also served to be a direct sequel to Godzilla, King of the Monsters from 1957. Actor Raymond Burr appeared in many of these additional scenes. Uh, he played the character he played originally in Godzilla, uh, the journalist Steve Martin. And it was just directly connected. Now, unfortunately, the actor, Steve Martin, did not appear as a journalist named Raymond Burr. I think that just would have been asking for too much. But yes, the character Raymond Burr played was Steve Martin. And of course, that was long before the actor-comedian had come along. So that's one of the two rare exclusives, is you get the Japanese version of The Return of Godzilla. And for the record, this is not a paid advertisement. I just, I love Godzilla, and I want to pass on this knowledge to any other kaiju fans. But the other rarity was in 1989. It was the sequel to Return of Godzilla, the second in what they call the Heisei series. And that's 1989's Godzilla vs. Biollante. Now, to my knowledge, and I am open to correction on this, to my knowledge, this was never given a home video release in the States. It was on cable. I think it was on like HBO or, or, or something like that. Because I do remember seeing parts of it on cable TV with an English track. You could find it out there, but it was the Japanese versions. So yeah, it's very rare to find a English dub of that. I'm sure it's out there. It's the internet. You can find everything on the internet if you look hard enough. But I don't think there was any official home video release with the English language. Now, the only thing that may be a drawback for some fans, is that most of the films you're going to see on this Pluto channel are the original Japanese versions with the English subtitles. I'm pretty sure this is due to the legalities, to distribution rights and such, because if they're just doing the Japanese versions, chances are they probably only have to deal with Toho. Otherwise, you're looking at talking to Legendary or WBD or whoever's handling 
English releases of Godzilla films, and there's probably a whole bunch of money involved in that. So there is a little bit of a caveat that this is going to be just just the Japanese versions. But, I mean, for some people, I count myself in this as well, there are cases when the Japanese version was better than whatever English-dubbed version came along. So I will give a link to the Pluto TV channel in the show notes. Again, geekwellradio.com slash 337. But here's a full rundown of the movies and TV shows you will see on this Pluto channel. We mentioned before Return of Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Biollante. They do have the rest of those Heisei series movies, which ran through the mid-90s. And that is Godzilla vs. Mothra, not to be confused with the 60s version. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, which is one of my favorites, and then Godzilla vs. Destroya, and that's the movie where, spoiler alert, Godzilla dies. Because that movie was made around the time Sony got the rights to make their Godzilla movie. That was, of course, the Roland Emmerich movie in 1998 that I think fans either just wound up calling Zilla or Gino, the abbreviation for Godzilla in name only. And I talk about it a little bit again on the Nostalgia Trip episode with Greg, but it's like that the 1998 Godzilla movie, it was okay for a monster movie. It, it was, I think it was, but it just wasn't Godzilla. It just didn't feel Godzilla. Call it Super Iguanosaurus or something like that. And then, yeah, it, it would be fine. Now, here's a list of a lot of the other films that are, there's All Monsters Attack, which was released in the States as Godzilla Revenge. Godzilla 1999, Godzilla 2000. I think that's the ones that were Godzilla Millennium in Japan, and then Godzilla 2000 here. The original Godzilla, Godzilla Raids Again, which was the Japanese-only sequel. Godzilla King of the Monsters, that's the version uh, we know with Raymond Burr. The original Mothra, Ghidra, the three-headed monster. Mothra vs. Godzilla, that's the 60s ones we were talking about before. Invasion of Astro Monster, that's another King Ghidorah movie. Ibira, Horror of the Deep, a.k.a. Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster. That one, you may remember, was on Mr. Science Theater. There was Son of Godzilla, one of everybody's favorite Godzilla movies, Destroy All Monsters, which is just basically a whole gang up on uh, King Ghidorah. There's Godzilla vs. Hedera, which, he gadged that movie. That's interesting to say the least. That is the most out there Godzilla movie there's, there ever was. There was Godzilla vs. Gigan, which I think was also on Mr. Science Theater. Godzilla vs. Megalon. And then, like I said before, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla and Terror of Mechagodzilla. Those are all the Godzilla movies, but they also have, like we are talking about, Mothra films. They have the Mothra reboots, I think, from the, I want to say, the 90s, after they stopped making Godzilla films. But there was Rebirth of Mothra, Rebirth of Mothra 2, Rebirth of Mothra 3, Godzilla vs. Megagirus, that was a sequel to Godzilla 2000, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monster, All Out Attack, that is the movie, the only movie to my knowledge where King Ghidorah was a good guy. There was Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Tokyo SOS. Those two movies are probably my favorite of the 2000 eras. I've said before, Godzilla, Tokyo SOS, it's like the entire final act of that movie is just one big long three-way dance between Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, and Mothra. And then Godzilla Final Wars, which is almost a Godzilla movie. Once you take out all the aliens and, and all that other stuff, it was supposed to be Godzilla versus everybody, but yeah, I think Godzilla's only in that movie for like 10 or 15 minutes. Now, the Godzilla the series, 
I believe is based on the 98 Sony movie. The only other disappointment I see looking over this list here is there are no Gamera movies. I would have thought we might get some Gamera movies in with Godzilla because that is also a Toho product. And obviously we all remember the Gamera movies from Mr. Science Theater. So I know that was throwing a lot at you about Godzilla, but it just if you have Pluto, just go there. Pluto is free. You do have to sign up for it, but but it is free because you, it's commercials and whole nine yards. So like I said, I'm not making any money saying this. I just, I like Pluto and I like Godzilla. So I'm passing this knowledge on to you. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive back into the Marvel MCU and we'll review Secret Invasion Episode 2. This is Geekville Radio. We will be right back. Attention all Time Lords and Ladies, Geekville Radio presents Examining the Doctor, a weekly look at everybody's favorite Time Lord, the Doctor. Join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor to favorite and not-so-favorite episodes of Doctor Who. From Hartnell to Capaldi, Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for classic and current Doctor Who fans alike. Examining the Doctor, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and at geekgoradio.com. All right, we are back. We are reviewing Secret Invasion, Episode 2, Promises, or as I call it, Meanwhile, in 1997. And let's wave the obligatory spoiler warning here. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler hole has been breached! Spoiler hole has been breached! So we got some major... So we got some major points here. Number one, this is the biggest surprise for this series so far for me and hopefully I don't want to say hopefully it's the biggest surprise because depends on how good the other surprises are but this is a bad surprise they did indeed kill off Maria Hill uh, I was hoping there was something that they could have done to ever pull through and I know obviously Colson and the whole nine yards bringing Colson back from the dead but I don't know how many times you can do that because anytime you bring somebody from the back from the dead it cheapens death but again this is comics everybody comes back to life. We did get background on Gravik's origin. His family was killed during the Kree scroll war, which I'm sure happened to a lot of scrolls. And we also found out that Talos, during the blip, during the years of the snap, Talos secretly brought in a million scrolls to Earth and where they're all hiding. And this, of course, upsets Fury greatly because the deal was they would not come until after there was a plan for a new home world but Talos's side of it is well the blip happened you were gone so as far as we're concerned you you know you never kept your promise so that was Talos's uh, idea behind it now as far as what the bad guys are doing Gravik meets you know he met with his fellow members of the scroll council this is the same council that apparently had kicked out Talos and they are now posing as world leaders I mean there's one is like the UK Prime Minister, there's a NATO Secretary, people advising the President, I believe the there were some reporters on TV, one of them being the great character actor Christopher McDonald, and Graphic explained why he killed all those people in Moscow, and that was because he's, he thinks Fury broke his promise to get them a new homeworld, thus he thinks that gives Skrulls the right to claim Earth as their new Skrull home, because Humans will eradicate each other anyway. He's just kind of speeding it along. 
And apparently this inspires the other scrolls to make him their general. Fury does meet with Jim Rhodes. He tries to warn Rhodey that scrolls are secretly taking over the world. Rhodey doesn't believe him, promptly fires him, and tells him to go home. Meanwhile, we've got our first of what's hopefully a lot of scenes with Sonia Fallsworth, Olivia Coleman's character. Because, boy, I, I think she's loving playing this character because it's very entertaining. But she brutally tortures Rogan about Gravik's whereabouts. That's where she learns that Gravik is developing a serum for scrolls that will make them stronger. More on that later. Anybody who knows Fantastic Four history knows where that's going. Now, Gravik breaks in and kills all the guards, but Sonya escaped, Blues Brothers style, just slipping through the floor. And the Brogan swears he only told Sonya lies. Gravik has him killed anyway. But then we got a twist that I absolutely was not expecting at all. And that's that they followed Fury home. We, we saw Fury come home. And then we find out that Fury is married. Because that is all sorts of weird Fury being married and apparently married to a scroll. So I know I had speculated on last episode. This may make it even more so. If he's married to a scroll, is this Fury also a scroll? If so, then where's the real Fury? If not, then how does he know his wife is a scroll? Maybe this is an interspecies relationship. I don't know. But that was really out there that Nick Fury is married. Now, he did have relationships in the comics, the OG Nick Fury. Probably the most notable one was uh, Valentina, or Val, the, the character that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is playing uh, in the MCU. They were a thing in the comics. She was also Madame Hydra. That She had switched sides a couple times. It's one of those things, depending on who's writing, they, they either hook characters together or turn one of them evil, all that. It's been going on since the dawn of time in comics. But I did not recognize this character if it was supposed to be anybody. So I'm, I'm assuming it is a made-up character for the MCU here. It also looks like Gaia may actually defect to her father's side. And that would definitely go against what I thought was going to happen. I was actually expecting Amelia Clark to be playing Varanki. I was actually expecting her to be playing the, the main villain that was in the Secret Invasion comic story. But it looks like they have the character of Gravik doing that. I'm still sticking with my original prediction, which is I think Rhodey absolutely is a scroll. So I think that he's going to really going to be the point man. I don't think he's the villain, like the main villain, but he's up there. He, he's the main kind of right-hand man, you might say, uh, to Gravik. Because like I said, we know we're getting Armor Wars. Armor Wars was a story about somebody stealing Stark technology. Obviously, Tony's dead. The next logical person to be in control of his tech would be Rhodey. So they're probably just going to have Rhodey play what Tony did in the Armor Wars storyline, because in the comics, if Tony Stark wasn't Iron Man, Rhodey was. So I did give this, this episode a B. This was marginally better than the first episode, and not just because we got more action scenes, but it's also clear to what these serums or the scroll DNA experiments are going to do, we are going to see an MCU version of Super Scroll, who was a recurring villain in the comics. And it'll be interesting to see how they display the powers, 
because in the comics, Super Scroll had the powers of all the Fantastic Four. He could stretch, he could catch fire, he could turn into rock like the thing, and of course, he could turn invisible. So we'll see. I, I'm assuming it will just be kind, kind of generic type superpowers or maybe just a handful of ones from other characters that they have since, you know, maybe something from a super soldier serum to get cap strength or something like that. But we'll probably get some sort of variant of super scroll, if not multiple super scrolls. So that's going to round up this episode of Geekville Radio. Again, if this is your first time listening... Thank you for giving us your time. Hopefully you liked this little 20 or 30 minutes we had to chat here. We are found at geekvilleradio.com. You can find us on the podcast platform you're choosing. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, you can do a search for Geekville Radio. You'll find our family of shows. This is kind of the flagship show. We also have Examining the Doctor, where we look at Doctor Who, Examining the Dead, which is for horror fans. And we have the aforementioned Nostalgia Trip, used about pop culture of the past. And we got the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame as well. And then over on the wrestling side, we do have Classic Wrestling Memories. And those are, as the name implies, those episodes are for old school wrestling fans. It's all pre-2000, so Monday Night Wars and before. If you want to get a hold of us, the social media... The Facebook and uh, the Twitter, Geekville Radio there. We're also Instagram at Geekville Radio. You can also write us at show at Geekville Radio or me at Seth at GeekvilleRadio.com. So let us know what we're doing well. Let us know if there's something you'd like to hear. Give us a review on any of the podcast platforms you're on. The only thing I ask is just be honest, be genuine. If you like us, great. If not, I'd love to hear what your criticisms are. I'm always looking at ways to improve shows. So I appreciate all feedback, even if it's genuine negativity, I'll listen to it. Uh, And I'm grateful for everybody that listens and everybody that lets us know what they think. So I'm going to shut down the power here in the Geekville Radio Studios. We'll come back when some news breaks or when the next episode of Secret Invasion comes out. So hope you guys will listen then and have a good day, night, weekend, whatever. We'll talk to you folks again next time. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, A1-Wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved. This is Seth, a.k.a. Xandrax, the mayor of Geekville, and the host of Geekville Radio, and I'm happy to announce the latest addition to the Geekville Radio podcast channels. We do have Geekville Radio, which covers all aspects of geekery, TVs, movies, superheroes, science fiction, you name it. We have Examining the Doctor, which is our Doctor Who-themed podcast, and we have Examining the Dead, which is our horror-themed podcast. Well, the latest addition to those Geekville Radio channels is called the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame. And I know some people may say that Lesser Known and Hall of Fame may be an oxymoron, and that is quite frankly true. But here at Geekville Radio, 
we like to pay tribute to some of the lesser-known characters out there. We're not going to talk much about Superman or Spider-Man or Wonder Woman or any of the other A-listers. We're going to talk about characters that might not be the first names that roll off your tongue when it comes to characters, both heroes and villains, but characters who the story of heroes and villains might not be complete without. And fortunately, I don't have to do it alone. Joining me on this journey, and we will have other guests along the way, my usual co-host for Geekful Radio, from a soft padded cell in South Kakalaki, Crazy Train Jonathan Bullock. All aboard, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, we're going to go back in the annals of history and pull out some of those lesser-known geek heroes and villains. Some of the people you might not have heard of or only know a little bit about, some that are near and dear to our heart, and some that we don't know that much, so we're going to enjoy just doing the research ourselves. Dropping soon, we're going to start with our inaugural podcast on one of my all-time favorite characters, The Shadow. That's the kind of things you'll be looking at on the lesser-known Geek Hall of Fame. Once again, that is the Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame, the latest channel at Geekville Radio, available at geekvilleradio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the podcasting device of your choice. Music. 